hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. About technology. Fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two blokes talking tech, Stephen Fennick and Trevor Long, as the title says, episode 57. Thanks to the good people at Trend Micro and Netgear, both great supporters of Two Blokes Talking Tech, and joining me each and every week from techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. G'day, mate. G'day, Trevor. How have you been this week? What a tough week, mate. A tough week in technology. Too much news, too many exciting products to talk about, and uh, that's what we do. Two Blokes Talking Tech will bring you a whole stack of news, information, and reviews of everything that's happened in just this one week of technology. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. So the uh, the new iPad, I keep calling it the iPad 3, it's killing me, um, has been out now for a couple of weeks, and the, 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 the conjecture continues to be about this 4G thing. I, to be honest, I do. I have had a few questions about it from I know, what I like to call the general public as opposed to the tech nerds. And um, look, I, I do think there's some confusion about it, but the ACCC announced yesterday, our time, that they were taking Apple to court over this 4G marketing and I've got to say, I did enough radio interviews today about it to, to convince myself that, you know, my opinion is I think Apple could have done a better job. I mean, they could have considered the local conditions, but Apple's a global company. They've got a product which rightfully does work on 4G um, if you take it to America. So it's actually not false advertising, but there is confusion in the Australian market. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I just think, geez, the ACCC might be overreacting here a little. The, the anyone who knows 4G, any, put it this way, anyone who knows what 4G means mm. would have known going in to buy the new iPad that it wasn't compatible with it. Yeah. I think there would have been a select few who thought, oh, yeah, 4G sounds good. Um, and when 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 the, if they realized that it wasn't going to be the 4G that they thought it was going to be, I think that that's only a small a handful of people because there was so did it, I did it, we, the hot topic was 4G, mm. how come it doesn't work on our 4G? Now, I took. I remember taking a photo the day it was launched, the day after we were at the Apple Store, yep. the day of the Apple Store launch, I went across the road to JB Hi-Fi and snapped a photo that I ran on a lot of my stories of a massive sign, like mm. I'm talking one and a half feet by a foot wide, mm. That there was a big clear disclaimer to say this is not a 4G product, despite it being called 4G. Mm. Uh, so it was communicated pretty clearly. And JB is probably one of the biggest Apple sellers in the country. Yep, they sell more probably than the Apple stores. They've got so many stores themselves. JB Hi-Fi. So A Triple C, I think that maybe the the end result is they put a sticker on the box to say 3G slash 4G. I had an interesting call today on 2GB. Someone was talking about, well, yeah, they bought it. Telstra tried to upsell them to a Samsung 4G when he bought the SIM card, mm. explained to him the iPad's not going to work on 4G. But and I asked him, they did warn him that it's not going to do work on 4G. And I asked him, did the Apple store, when he, where he bought it from, 
did they tell you anything about it not being 4G compliant? He said, they didn't tell me anything. Yeah. Look, so, I, I think, yeah. so the couple of things for me, uh, look, we've got to remember, it's still faster than the iPad 2, and I keep reminding people of this, okay? It is. Every yep. speed test and global speed test, CNET, who's a bloody good, they're a bloody good bunch of people, uh, running, I've got a, some sort of speed test thing going on globally, and, and Telstra in Australia showing up as being the fastest in the world, even though there's 4G on networks 3G, in America. Yeah, it's incredible. Now, this but... dual channel 3G is giving bloody good speed results in, in yep. Australia on Telstra. So people shouldn't fear that it is faster than the old iPads. But Absolutely. And the other thing is, I thought it was hilarious today that Apple, Apple conceded in court that they would offer refunds to people who were yeah. misled. Do you know what? <laughs> Apple have a 14-day return policy. You could walk in and say, I was misled, I thought it was an iPod. You know, and they'll give it back. Oh to yeah, of course, they're the good like that. They yeah. have they have the best customer service strategy in the world. But, they well, didn't, I think, you know, and and yeah. and you know the number one thing. I bet what? you any money, there's like ten people that take them back, and those yeah. ten people only do it for the publicity because they'll turn up on some TV show or website <laughs> saying I was wronged by Apple. Yeah, you know, but I think the A Triple C, you know, and look good on them. They're doing their job. They're being very True. literal with the marketing, very literal with the packaging. Like four G, it says four G, then. Hang on a minute. You, you, you're kind of putting across something that it isn't in Australia now. Uh, if you have a look on one, all the stories I wrote about the ACCC, I did put that big that big uh, disclaimer that I photographed at the JB Hi-Fi yep. store in the city, and that's been replicated in every JB Hi-Fi store that I've seen it for. So uh, it basically sort of says that this is not compatible with any existing 4G networks in Australia. So I think there is even a, a little disclaimer on the Apple website uh, about yep. it as well. Yep, and there's a, there's a reasonable store, disclaimer there. Yeah. The other thing, just some back. Background, and we'll wrap it up on this kind of stuff, but some background. Telstra have deployed what is one of the most common LTE 4G spectrums, okay, the 1800. According to people like the Global Mobile Suppliers Association, there's something like 14 1800 megahertz LTE spectrums or networks in, in the country, in, in the world, sorry. Um, you know, they're, they're trialing this same spectrum in, you know, Europe, France, yeah, Europe, UK, yeah. all these places. Um, yep. You know, this is not an unusual thing that Telstra have. So it's kind of important to make out that Telstra aren't the unusual ones here. It's actually Apple that have chosen not to support this well, band. Obviously, though, you've got to remember, they're an American company. They favoured the American yeah. operator. So they, they did 700, 2100 to, to suit the, their American customers, the American operators. And, you know, don't, don't rule out the fact that even midway through the life cycle of this device, i.e., halfway through the year, Apple could just simply make a very simple announcement that says we now have a global band, you know, uh, version of this thing. It may happen. Quite possible. Well, so. if, well, like you said, if they put an 1800 uh, radio in it, that's going to suit us here for Telstra and also several countries across Europe. So, yeah, that, that's quite a possibility. That's wishful thinking, Trevor. And the, and the bottom line is, everyone, just remember, we've still got the – even at 3G – dual channel on Telstra in Australia, it's still faster than most places around the world. But as I, I think I'm with you. Support the ACCC taking the action on behalf of the consumer, but I do think the consumer needs to understand what they're buying and, and you know, most people will, will discover that when they ask around anyway. Because most people, Stephen, either ring me or you on the radio to find out what to do with technology and that's what <laughs> people need to do. They need to trust the Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, I know you're a bit of a car fan, Trevor, oh, so uh, I, uh, 
you're going to enjoy this next story of ours. Uh, I, I got a chance to drive the new Toyota Camry Hybrid. Now, nice. people are thinking, hang on a minute, what's a bloody tech journo doing driving a hybrid car? Well, Emphasis on bloody tech journo, yeah. That's right. <laughs> well, there's several good reasons, as a matter of fact. There, there is uh, literally under the hood of this car, there's plenty of uh, technology, not only for it to be, obviously, the fact that it's a hybrid speaks volumes. It's got an electric battery as well as a, a, a fuel engine, but a couple little tech uh, inclusions. I, I quite like the uh, blind spot monitor. Mm-hmm. So that what that it's does a radar it, based it thing, isn't uses it? Uses radar, yes. Yeah. So it shoots radar into the adjacent lanes, puts a huge uh, indicator on your side mirror. So if you're th- thinking about making a, a lane change and there's someone in your blind spot, there's this big symbol that you can plainly see. It doesn't give off. I asked the Toyota guys, why doesn't it make a noise? They said, well, it, it, the first reaction if you heard something was to look at the dashboard oh, rather yeah. than looking at the mirror. So they say, well, look, hopefully if you're a Attempting a lane change, you can look in the mirror. So yeah. that's a good reason for that. But uh, the automatic high beam was another favourite of mine. Because how many times have you you wanted to have your high beams on? And the, the, there's a if you're driving in the opposite direction, you've got someone's got their high beams in yep. your face. Yep. They forget to turn them off. Well, this has got automatic high beam, which has got a little camera in the back of the rearview mirror that can detect cars up to 800 metres away and switch your headphone your headphones your headlights back to normal. It's a bloody good thing. The the thing about the Camry, uh, look, all Toyota hybrid technology is pretty stunning. I mean, they've, they've done a very good job. They've deployed it most commonly around the world in terms of numbers. And look, I've driven the old Camry hybrid, and it's a very nice car. My, look, and, and let's not to digress into motoring journalism here, but I still find the Camry to be a very floaty car. It's a very light steering. It's 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 not direct like you will find in a European car or even in a Commodore. Um, but that's what you get with this. That's actually a Toyota trait. It's kind of a very relaxed and smooth feel. But you know the delivery of power from this hybrid, even the old hybrid technology, um, is very impressive. And, and you know it's it's deceptive with the whole silent stuff. But um, you know this is not this is not a car to be laughed at in terms of power. Uh, totally, yeah. I think what, what what was my favorite part of the day was that they had some uh, some cones set up where that's the start of your zero to one hundred run, mm-hmm. and it took eight seconds to go zero to one hundred. Which for a hybrid, it's not too bad. It's no it's no Porsche or Ferrari or anything. No, but no. zero to one hundred in uh, took us eight seconds. But what was even more impressive was at that hundred when you hit hundred k's, you hit the hit the brakes as hard as you can, and there was another cone twenty meters ahead of the car, the hundred kilometer mark. Mm-hmm. And it stopped in less than 20 metres. So that, that brake assist uh, it really comes into play there as well. So that, that's impressive just from a safety standard. That's why what I liked about it, the, the technology helps the active and passive safety on the car. But another thing I'll just mention before we finish up, the entertainment system on this is very impressive too. Now, that's as techy as you get, 10-speaker stereo system and standard a digital radio. Wow, that's awesome. So DAB Plus Digital Radio for anyone driving in Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Adelaide, Perth, as well as trials in Hobart and Darwin, oh, sorry, Darwin and Canberra, um, they can pick up uh, all the new digital radio stations as well as their existing radio stations right. in beautiful digital quality. There's my Absolutely. ad for digital radio. God love it. <laughs> Sat nav as well with live traffic updates, reversing yeah. camera. So, you know, if you're looking for a techie, tech-filled car, the Camry Hybrid ticks plenty of boxes. And uh, you can read all about it at techguide.com.au, including a, a wonderful video, piece to camera, and look, looking at a video of Stephen doing the, doing the <laughs> slalom in a Camry Hybrid. Check it out at techguide.com.au.
Now, I couldn't be in uh, in attendance at a glamour gala launch this evening uh, for Asus, A-S-U-S, Asus, um, which is one of the world's uh, top three consumer technology vendors, as they say. Um, but they launched a, a very nice-looking uh, PC, an all-in-one PC, um, which has something I've not heard of before, and, and, and you'll tell me whether this is absolutely revolutionary or just something they're introducing, but you're talking about a 27-inch screen, which is the size of my iMac, which is touch screen, but a 10-point multi-touch. That's right. So it's uh, you can that means that that means ten points of contact on the screen at the same time yeah. and still working uh, independently of the others or together. Uh, but yeah, the all-in-one PC it's the ET twenty-seven hundred. Uh, it's twenty-seven inches. It's a really nice screen on it. But, but the fact that it's a touch screen uh, really adds a lot to the experience. And of course, it's running Windows, and they had the Windows eight consumer preview running on all of them. Smart and being optimized for touch. It was a it was a dramatic experience when they showed they did the demo. It was really intuitive and and the sort of PC that you would not put you wouldn't lock it away in a room. You'd, you'd put mm-hmm. it out in the open because it looks quite stylish, really well designed, and it's something you'd place out in the lounge room or in the hallway or even wall mounted in near the kitchen or because it's also not only a computer, it's also a TV as well. Look, I don't mind the look of it. The only thing I don't have in the, in the very basic information I've received is uh, look, it's a. Tw- it's a three thousand dollar product. Okay, yes. starts at three grand. Um, looks like it's going to be available at Harvey Norman, which is which is good, easy, accessible for everyone. I'm not. I need to understand the specs though. At three grand, I'd want this thing to be possibly even i7, but certainly i5 with a stack of RAM. So um, I'll be interested to see the specs in detail when they come out. But look, it is a very nice looking machine. Very important. Um, it it it's still not an iMac. I mean, I know people can't copy the iMac, but there's something about the way PC designers go that they they're not they're not trying hard enough i don't think in terms of design but in terms of all-in-ones this is a very this is probably one of the top two um all-in-one designs for a pc that i've seen yeah exactly it's got don't forget it's the it's a tv as well and has got a blu-ray drive on board as well so that three thousand dollar price tag at first glance you think well it's a little bit high but when you consider it you're getting a tv and an all-in-one computer a very good all-in-one computer in the same package so ideal for that all-in-one situation where you want to by day it might be your computer by night it might be your tv giving you that flexibility i think uh, people are going to enjoy it and look i just one one suggestion for these kind of things and you've already said to different rooms but think about the the not the rompus room the kids room you know that that breakout space some people have the room for in their home where that where you kind of put the kids if you've got kids that have become you know early teens this is a kind of really great device for that space because 27 inch is a nice in, nice viewing size for tv and movies when you've got a blu-ray player in it remember so you, you've got a nice little you know a couple of bean bags and a, and a desk where they do their, their schoolwork Absolutely. but they've also yeah. they can also sit there and watch tvs and movies while yes, you're downstairs it can be enjoying, a babysitter trevor it's well, I didn't say that, Stephen. I mean, please, I have iPads for that. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I should have bought two of those bloody um, those uh, gimpy covers that, that that are really plastic. I bought in America. I need uh, more of them. Uh, the iPads are getting thrown around here. You'll but, know next time, mate. No, the the all in one from Asus. Uh, it's a very nice looking machine. Um, Stephen saw it tonight, and uh, I'm sure there'll be a a full review in the coming days at TechGuide. Dot com that I use. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen. Fenwick. And once again, thank you to our good sponsors, Trend Micro and Netgear. Netgear.com.au, uh, connecting you with innovation. And uh, important that you have a quick look at the Netgear website, Netgear.com.au, um, for anything about networking, whether it's uh, connecting your home to the internet, uh, connecting your devices 
to your home network. Now, your home network doesn't have to be complicated. It can be as simple as connecting to the internet and sharing that with one computer, or it can be as simple as adding Wi-Fi to that network, which is something everyone should have at home because then your friends, your family, they come around on their iPad, on their iPhone. And remember, smartphones are internet devices as well. If you're not, if you've got the internet at home and you're not taking advantage of that through your smartphone by connecting to your home Wi-Fi, you could be saving data and you could be downloading much faster when you're at home. So check out all the networking opportunities that come through a good quality network hardware, whether it's a network connectivity through your router, your modem, or a network storage device, netgear.com.au. Now, as I reach behind me and go rustling through my bag, i got to say, sometimes when you grab a device for the first time, you just know you're going to be impressed. And, mate, don't you reckon this has happened a lot with the Sony phones of late? And we talked about the Arc last year. You know, there's some really nice phones. Sony Xperia S. Now, importantly, this is the f- is it the first phone that doesn't carry the Ericsson name, so it's That's purely correct. Yes, a it's Sony. It's the first solo effort for Sony Mobile. Sony Mobile, the Xperia S. It's a stunning-looking thing. It's a beautiful um, square device that has this transparent strip down the bottom, underneath which is um, you know another small f- part of the phone. And the thing that gets me, and I've been staring at this and staring at this, is that you know that. <sighs> There's nothing in that bottom part. I, I know. You can see. I put my hand through the back of it, and it's actually completely transparent. And there's the, the little chin underneath that little transparent strip. Uh, I don't think it serves any purpose, Trevor, I'm not, well, unless that's where the radios are. But there doesn't appear to be a connection. Uh, there, there, there's a you know there's a thing there where you can put one of those loops on that f- without being racist. The, the Asians use a lot. They've got those little fun, um, quirky things they dangle from <laughs> their phones. Apologies to all our Asian listeners. Yeah, no, but it's a, <laughs> but they, they will know. In in Korea, in China, these things are huge. Those little dangle on. Um, they're not really handles. They're clips. They're just literally identifiers. It's amazing how how popular they are. So it it's got true. that on the bottom, but. I'm not convinced that there's a little another little hole there which could be the microphone, but I'm not convinced it is because I just yeah. don't know how they get the technology Maybe through there. Little, there's a little Wi-Fi network in that little space <laughs> that's connecting wirelessly. But I like the feel of the phone. It's got a nice curved back. Feels good in your hand. We're, we're going to fully review this next week because when we both had a chance to play with this, our first impressions of uh, the Xperia S. I quite like, too, the fact that it's got a 12-megapixel camera, which from my first use of the camera is very impressive, not only in terms of quality but also speed. But I've got one question, though, Trevor, yeah. with this phone. Have a look at the back of the phone yeah down the bottom yep it's still got the sony ericsson logo no well that's i think that's the sony mobile logo now is that the sony mobile logo now? Mm. well so or, the or green have just some spare back covers from the old phones or how that <laughs> that's probably quite right actually but i think it's a i think that logo the green with the swirly silver through it i think that's that's a good logo and i think that still has legs for them so it's i think they scream sony ericsson though don't, don't you think it's uh, this yeah. is a sony device now I think the only reason they've dropped the Ericsson name is so they can keep it simple when they're when they're talking. Sony, Sony, Sony. Um, you know the thing. I'll tell you my first impression. We'll talk about it more next week. Is the screen? Oh, Screen's gorgeous. In my opinion, this is a Retina display. Now I'm. I know the Retina display carries a couple of things. Firstly, Apple. No one else will use it because Apple kind of own it now. And well, even yeah, though it's not be a, saying back off that name. No, but Apple don't own it. They've just they're first to use it, and I think everyone else is going to be reluctant to use it. But mate, I the, the way I can tell a Retina display from an iPad and an iPhone is you stare really closely at the clock and you see whether you can see the pixels around the letters and numbers. Mm-hmm. Mate, I stare and stare and stare at this thing. 
This has got the the best display I've seen outside of the iPhone. It is impressive. Well, you've got to remember that a company like Sony, who also, hello, make televisions. Hello. So they're, <laughs> they're bringing in some of their, their heritage uh, technology to this device. That's why Sony are going to, the, the, the company across the board, they're going to the, the, the not only share the technology, but also the content. That was a big hmm. message that I'm getting from the, the Sony Mobile, uh, our friends at Sony Mobile, is the fact that this isn't just about... I I think the quote from John Featherston, the Australian managing director, was saying, this isn't just about chips and microprocessors. It's an experience we want to sell people. So, you know, it's, uh, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm looking forward to putting it through its paces and talking further about it next week. That was what you'll hear about next week at uh, Two Blokes Talking Tech and a full review next week at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Continuing on my car-themed uh, items tonight, there is another device that uh, has been released by Laser. Now, Laser is the company that we know from computer and consumer electronic accessories. Now, they've launched a device called the Navigator Crash Cam, and I thought of you when I saw the spelling of Navigator. It's N A V I G eight. And the letter R, so Navigator Crash Cam, you would have been screaming that it's a stupid name, but <laughs> the device, though, is pretty clever. Let me tell you, it's, it's how I can describe it. It's like a black box recorder for your car. You know the black box they, they dig out of plane crashes that's got all the yeah, information? Yeah. This is like a camera, a camera that attaches with a windscreen mount that can record images and videos. So in case there's any on-road incidents, you've actually got a record of what happened, and you can set two-minute, five-minute, or 15-minute loop, so it just keeps recording on top of itself. But if you're on the road a lot, it's pretty good to have this as a safety feature in case there is something that you need to contest maybe in court or with the police. $99. It's a bloody good price. Good value. Look, look, let's not kid ourselves. Laser is not Sony, right? They're they're not a high-quality, massive electronics company, but you know what they produce? A lot of stuff at good value. Now, I'm not saying it's bad quality. It's good quality stuff. It's just, you know, they don't have a big brand. They don't have a big marketing budget. That's why they do things cheap. So for 99 bucks to whack something on the windscreen of the car and get this kind of ad- advantage, look, it's, it's, it's such a common thing. And, you know, obviously anyone that watches A Current Affair, you'll see this stuff. They're, 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 they run heaps of vision of these things happening all the time. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing that's happening. You can get it in several different models, obviously, um, you know, 8 gig, 4 gig, whatever, that, that you, you put the micro SD card in. Into it, so you've got different storage capacity. So even a long drive, not not massively long, but you know, at a VGA resolution, a 32 gig will get you 640 minutes of of, yep. of, of filming. But even at 720p for a 32 gig card, you're getting 320 minutes. Just, just so, think, just think of this though. If you say, if you're a cabbie or a truck driver or a courier, who someone who spends their day yep. behind the wheel, obviously the chances of there being an incident is greater for these types of people. Even, even to monitor driving habits. Like, imagine parents who let their their son or daughter drive their car. They can keep an eye on how they drive their car by using this crash cam. So. Hopefully the name won't come true. The crash won't happen. The crash can, but they can monitor how fast they've been going, whether they've been driving dangerously. So not only has it that the safety aspect or the keeping track of on-road incidents, but monitoring driving habits as well. And I'm hearing as well. I mentioned this in my story that they're going to come up with a model probably later this year that's got GPS as well. So you'll be able to plot your exact position as well as a recording of the incident and you know, speed of speed of travel and direction of travel, things like that. 
Check it out. It's from Laser, and it's uh, it's impossible to find on the internet other than at laser.com or wherever it is. But nav- laser.co.net. Yes, and so they've got a they've got two issues, right? The first one is their website, but because Laser's a tough company, Laser's a tough company name because it's a g- generic term. But if you remember what the two blokes tell you, you will track this thing down immediately, and that is N-A-V-I-G, Navig 8R. So it's like a <laughs> bloody stupid number plate from a you know 17-year-old. <laughs> All right? So just imagine a 17-year-old, probably on the drink, yep. coming up with a number plate. <laughs> Seventeen-year-old, oh, but there's also a link on Tech Guide anyway through my on my story. That's so. oh, geez, that's a lot easier, isn't it? Everyone, Absolutely. if you want to find the laser navigator, TechGuide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Two Blokes Talking Tech brought to you by Netgear and also by Trend Micro. Now, Trend Micro have Mobile Security Personal Edition for Android. Now. Everybody owns a smartphone nowadays. Most of them are Android smartphones. And that little smartphone in your pocket is the latest target for cyber criminals. So why to take a chance? You need to protect yourself. We're doing our banking. We're, doing, we're communicating on social networks. So there's risk of not only financial dangers but also identity theft. So why take a risk? Mobile Security Personal Edition for Android, they've responded, Trend Micro has responded with these products for your Android to keep you secure, whether you're surfing, calling, texting. It'll keep you and your kids safe when they go online with their mobile device. So you can you can also use it to avoid unwanted contact so you can block certain numbers and filter out annoying calls as well. But the other part, apps are very popular on smartphones nowadays and on the Android marketplace, people are just downloading apps willy-nilly, not realizing what they're downloading, not reading the terms, conditions and whether it's an actual risk to their privacy. What this does, it actually it features an app scanner so it checks out each new app against trend Micro's up-to-date database, which is it's expanding every day, and it could also block any malware that might be associated with that app as well. So, mobile security personal edition for Android is available now at Harvey Norman, Dick Smith, OfficeWorks, JB Hi-Fi, Leading Edge Computers, and all other authorized resellers. Trend Micro, when you're online in any place on using any device, they've got you protected. And if you want more information, visit trendmicro.com.au. got to tell you, when it comes to impressing me, there's one company that's done a lot of that lately, and it's Logitech. You know, Logitech have always done good products, and I think they're, yes. they're very famous for some of their good gaming products. You know, the G27 steering wheel I love. <clears throat> but they've always had, um, you know, they've always had accessory products, you know, mice, keyboards, and things. But yes. they've really, really upped the quality stakes lately in the last sort of 18 months with accessories for other devices, mainly Accessories, you would call them, um, you know, keyboard for the iPad and these kind of things. They released yesterday, globally, available here in a month or two, a thing called the Logitech UE Air Speaker. Now, the UE, importantly, it stands for Ultimate Ears. They bought a company called Ultimate Ears, which make really good quality earphones, um, and they've been selling them under the Ultimate Ears brand, but they've started calling it UE to become a very, like, it's because it's a great radio station, obviously, but um, <laughs> but it, it's... Featuring it's, Trevor Lowell on yeah, a Saturday it's, afternoon. It's a brand, um, it's a brand name that they're trying to, trying to bring into their audio range now. So the Logitech UE air speaker is, is pretty stunning for a couple of reasons. One, it's beautiful. I mean, I'm talking, this is a nice looking device that you'd stylish, love to have on your mantelpiece. It's impressive. 
<clears throat> on your mantelpiece in front of the TV, whatever it is. But crucially, it's got a little dock in the front of it that pops out, which is really nice. But what it does do when you plug your, your iPhone into it and set it up, it connects to your Wi-Fi network and then AirPlay. So if you've got an iOS device, iPhone, iPad, whatever, you press the little AirPlay icon and the music you're playing comes out that speaker. That's good. AirPlay, you know what? AirPlay is going to really come into its own this oh, year. There's yeah. so many products, so many companies, have they've just they've admitted the fact that you know they're building already iPod docks. Even though their company doesn't make an iPod, like mm. you, you'll find iPod docks on Sony products, on yep. LG, Samsung products. They they know they're dominant in that area. So yep. to see AirPlay, they're taking that that support to the next level. And and how good is it being able to stream your music wirelessly? How convenient is it? And Logitech, who who have made speakers, they make very impressive computer speakers. Mm. I've been using a lot of Logitech speakers oh, yeah. over the years. They, so they've taken that legacy and brought it into this really nice. I agree with it. It's very stylish. Speakers, I'm very eager to get my hands on this one to road test. But, um, yeah, I think hats off to Logitech for really having a crack in terms of design, but also getting that airplay in there and at a reasonable price too. You and I love our Sonos systems, which is, you know, a a similar kind of wireless streaming technology. This is, I guess, simpler because it's so much easier to set up and it relies purely on a device to, to, to speak a relationship. The thing is, though, and I will say one thing negative, 500 bucks, so 499 is is a lot of money for this. Um, you look at other Zeppelin, like the, look at the Zeppelin. That was the first AirPlay true, true. device, like speaker system, and that's that's like eight hundred bucks or seven hundred dollars. So no, no, I'm not saying kind it's, of in the ballpark. I think it's in the ballpark, and and remember too, that's the RRP. You're yes. going to see this thing at three forty nine at Bingley, and you know I'm, I'm making that up, but <laughs> I, I think you'll see it at fifty oh, bucks less than that. For that cheap? Oh no, I, th- I I think I think oh, sorry, four fifty nine and stuff like that. I don't, I think it won't go below three ninety nine. But I think mid four four hundreds is a better place for this, and I hopefully once it hits the market and there's a bit of pressure on it, it will happen. But the Logitech UE Air speaker, um, uh, Stephen will have a full review of that or, or the details of it in the coming days at TechGuide.com.au. Now the big dilemma for many people uh, when it comes to their computing experience now are, are they a, are they a touchscreen person or are they a keyboard person mm. with are they a tablet or are they are they a laptop now this was a question that intel posed at a recent user testing uh, session where they they got a, a lot of users from china us and some parts of south america and asked them what would they prefer well the answer they got back was that they prefer both mm. intel set up a laptop with a touchscreen to see whether users would engage with the screen as much as they would with the keyboard now this is interesting because windows 8 is on the horizon yep. it will be offering t- a touchscreen interface optimized for touch and the results that I wrote about on Tech Guide were, were surprising it found that 77% of the users uh, 70% of the time the users were engaging with the screen in terms of touching they were while they were surfing the web adjusting the settings they used the screen to touch the screen to make those adjustments so going Looking into our crystal ball, I think you're going to see a lot more laptops with the touch screens included. I think when you look at what Asus announced earlier today with the with the all-in-one yes. touch, and I've got to tell you, I've done a couple of silly experiments in the last couple of days based on these kind of research. I've actually sat here and I've moved my my iMac a little bit closer to me, 
just to get a sense of whether or not I can interact with the screen. And I've started trying to use the you know the app launcher interface thing that yep. brings up the icons. And there is a there's a definite benefit to swiping between spaces on on a Mac. Now I've got a Lenovo laptop, and I've been doing the same thing with that. I've just been going, what would it feel like if I could just launch that application by touching it, as opposed to having to move the mouse to that place and clicking. And the the thing here is people that say, no, touchscreens won't work on computers because it's so the distance and whatever, don't understand that we're not going to be typing on the screen on, on a laptop. Yeah. We're going to be interacting with functions on the screen. So, you know, what a quick and easy way to go bold. You just, you know, tap on the bold, you know, but you're going to type with a keyboard, do all those functions with a keyboard. You might even switch between programs because Alt-Tab's easier sometimes. But yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot to be said about the touchscreen combination. Absolutely, um, and, and, and Intel showed this at CES with that 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 they had a laptop there which was pretty uh-huh. stunning, an ultrabook that had this whole integrated touchscreen and you know rear panel and all this kind of stuff. It's a very exciting space, and I think you're right, mate. This year is going to be the year of the touchscreen on computers. I think so. But the, what you mentioned though, spot on. I think Intel have a term. Of the course. engineers have a term for holding. You know, if you've got a vertical screen, they call it so a laptop yep. screen, computer screen, holding your arm out to. T- continually touch a vertical screen they've got a term for it. they call it gorilla arm because your arm gets tired now the reason a tablet is so handy for or a smartphone is handy for a touch screen is that your arm's in a relaxed position yep. you can you can interact with the screen but Having this in mind, though, what what Intel found during this these test this testing was that what users were doing was leaning the laptop back onto itself onto its screen and actually getting their both their thumbs engaged on the touch screen, mm. uh, similar to the way they would with a smartphone or a tablet. So. I don't know. I think there were, there was a model that Azus showed tonight, just casting our minds back to that product, the touchscreen. Uh, the second half of 2012, Azus going to release a similar all-in-one product that actually tilts down almost flat on the desk, so that you don't have to be reaching up to the screen. Mm. So it'll be a touchscreen that folds back onto its stand, so it's like at a slight angle on the desk. Mm. Interesting times. Touching the computer is definitely the future, especially with Windows 8 coming at us so quickly. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And we've used up all of our time, and we apologise for taking an extra couple of minutes of your life, because I know that some people use us to navigate. They, they say, I've got a 30-minute journey, and I'm going to listen to the Two Blokes Talking Tech. And I hope you had three minutes of traffic today. That's all I can hope. <laughs> Stephen, uh, thanks for the chat. Uh, episode 57 is in the can, and uh, it'll be available on iTunes very soon and at techguide.com.au we'll talk again next week about all things technology this is two blokes talking tech thank you mate thank you 